Hello and welcome to the In the Can podcast. My name is Devin and I'm here with Tom and James. And for the first time, we are not sitting in a basement. We are actually sitting in a Masonic Lodge or something that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> Tom, am I allowed to talk about where we are? Sure, why not? Cool, we're in a Masonic Lodge. Cool, that was cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so for once, we're not a bunch of nerds sitting in a basement. We've leveled up and we can actually see the sunlight. Yeah. It's also really, really early in the morning for me. And I'm hyper and on a bunch of coffee. So, welcome guys. How are you doing today? Pretty good, actually. Super tired. Uh, it's two out of three. Two out of three are good, so that's uh, not bad. I'll call myself halfway because I am kind of sore. One and a half is not bad. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm good. I'm just, like I said, tired. I haven't been to bed yet, so this is good. I'm also not sick, so awesome. Even that, better. That is nice. I won't be coughing into the mic unless I cough into the mic, <laughs> in which case I'm sorry. <laughs> Time to deep throat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. It's a whole different um, movie. So we are on a time crunch today, so let's just jump into it, shall we? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's Philip DeFranco this. Uh, first off, what came out this past weekend? Us. us. Not us. The, it's the movie Us. You get the idea. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, I managed to see it last night. I saw it uh, Thursday as well. Cool. Um, what would you think, Tom? I enjoyed it. Um, from beginning to end, it was uh, just... A very well put together film. Without getting into any spoilers, because right. no, it is it was, one of those that there's a lot more going on than people see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do not want spoilers. I haven't looked up anything. For no it. spoilers at all. Just saying, it's one of those movies that you have to pay attention to the small details. Because if you don't pay attention to the small details, um, you'll miss certain things later on, and then you'll sit there and go, "Oh, how did that happen? I'm confused." And then it gets explained, but you're still like, how come I didn't see that coming? Okay, so it does have a bunch of little things that do, that oh, yeah, do build definitely. up. Absolutely. And one thing I noticed, and for anyone out there that is like thinking about going to see it, don't watch the trailer. Just go and see it. Um, I, I love the movie. Uh, it's, it grew on me a little bit, because when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. And then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. But one of the big things is that the trailers... If you know what happened in the trailers, it gives away some stuff later on in the movie that you're like, well, why didn't that happen? And then you start thinking about something in the trailer, and I some of the big twists near the end, I'm like, I guessed early because of the trailers. So I hate that with trailers. If you haven't seen the trailers, cool. Go see it. It's awesome. Um, if you have seen the trailers, it was honestly kind of cool to be like, I think this is what's going to happen, and then start seeing it unravel. So that's cool. But uh, try to uh, try to avoid the trailers. Go see the movie. It's really well done. Yep. Um, personally, I'd say it's up there with Get Out. I'm not sure which oh, one I like better. Uh, yeah, I, that was a tough call myself. I want to see Us again mm -hmm. um, to see if I get more out of it, knowing you know the second half of the movie. Uh, but ultimately, I I gave it I think an eight out of ten. Ultimately, yeah, wow. I, would, I, would, I would easily go with it. that. High recommendation. I uh, I think I personally liked it more than Get Out, but I think it's just because of kind of the subject matter. And um, the, I love the doppelganger stuff. I think that's really cool. So. I can definitely admit two two things, um, and this both mad props to uh, Lupita Nyong'o on this one. Oh hell uh, yeah! One when she's talking. Uh, with her raspy voice that the, you hear. The doppelganger's voice. Yes. Yeah. Um, first of all, 
I don't know how she does it and sustains it for so long without yeah. injuring her voice. <laughs> so mad props there. And second yeah. of all, she gets creepy AF, seriously. The scene you see, this is in the trailers and it's about 10 minutes into the movie. The scene with the, with the four doppelgangers standing in the living room talking to the four actual family members. Yeah. Original family members. That is one of the tensest and creepiest scenes I've seen in a movie in a while. Um, there's a couple of scenes later on that are just as creepy for other reasons, but that one is just like them kind of lining up across from each other is awesome. I also have to give props. I don't know the, the actor's name, but the, the young son. Yeah. Who, uh, the normal one, he always wears like a, a monkey mask. I think it was actually the mask for, for uh, Chewbacca type Teen uh, Wolf, I think maybe maybe it was Chewbacca. I don't know. It's something like it looked that. Looked like something out of the eighties. Then he always was like trying to do a little a little lighter thing in his hand, and then his compliment was burned and is like in this uh, white uh, like almost surgical mask. Like it's yeah. it's like you get what you give someone who has a horrible disfigured scar, that kind of mask. Yep. But the actor actually did all the physicality of him running around on all fours and that kind of stuff. And Ooh. for like a 10 year old kid, that's really tricky yeah. to get that to look really creepy. And they do a really good job with it. So I have to, I have to give props to the guy who, or the kid who played the son. All of them were incredibly creepy in their own rights. Um, and I think again, everybody just nailed it. It was yeah. a very, very well done film. Uh, did you see anything else this week? Um, an old movie, uh, older movie, uh, Vampire Academy. <laughs> I finally watched it on Voodoo. It was one of those free movies. I was like, ah, uh, why not? I enjoyed it. It was nothing special, but I did enjoy yeah, it. It wasn't bad. Um, don't know if I would go out of my way to see it again, but it wasn't bad. So, yeah. I mean, if it's on, I might watch it. But What about you, James? Uh, I saw one that I, I now definitely regret not seeing in uh, theaters, which is uh, Hotel Artemis. Okay. I still have to see that. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but there's only two things I can I can say that I'm gonna really say as a critique. One, don't go in expecting what the trailer showed you because the trailer yeah. lied hard. Yeah, it kind of did. It, it it I still think it's a great movie, but it was not what I expected it to be. The other hand, uh, the other thing is that. Uh, there was like one, there was, everything was pretty tight and everything and all that, but there was one character that I just don't know their purpose, aside from explaining backstory that you never would have gotten otherwise. Yeah. I that, think you know exactly that. who I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember the movie. It's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, but I could probably, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically... It is a hotel. It's called a hotel, but it's been, it is a med bay for criminals. Yeah. Like, if anybody's seen John Wick, think that, but it's just pure medical. Yeah. There's an agreement, all that sort of stuff, and it's happening just slightly in the future, like 10 years into the future, and there's riots in L.A., and during one of those, a bunch of somewhat contrived stuff, the way it is explained... Uh, happens and one of the things that happens that I thought oh my god how is this going to turn out is that the the woman in charge of 
of the Hotel Artemis, uh, played by Jodie Foster, sees a cop outside who is hurt and calling towards her. And they don't take cops because it's a criminal thing. And I'm going to spoil this. Nothing really came of it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. There was one or two moments where it's like, oh, what's going to happen? And then nothing. Yeah. And the, then the, the cop walks out and basically it disappears from the film and is, n- and is never a factor again. And I'm like, I got the end. It's like, well, I was enjoying it. What happened to the cop? I could almost see that be try to be a setup for a sequel if it made any money, which it, it didn't. Bombed. It bombed. Yeah. It, it, it cost 1500 to make. It, it only made... Fourteen, uh, four, no, I'm sorry. It cost fifteen million to make. It only brought in fourteen. Yeah, shut up. It only brought in fourteen million. So like, ultimately, they made seven million roughly, because the half of it goes to the um, theaters. But yeah, wow. <laughs> it bombed hard. If Oops. I remember correctly, it came out like the same weekend as like Infinity War. It got it like, got hard hit. It, it came out at a very, very bad time. Which for, sucks because yeah. all of the actors were phenomenal on their A-game. Uh, uh, Dave Bautista, oh, yeah. he was a treat. And it's got Jeff Goldblum, who is always Ooh. a card. Forgot about Jeff Goldblum. Jodie Foster was good. And the one who played the main uh, point of view character, I don't know the actor's name, but uh, uh, the character was Waikiki or Sherman. Like He was damn good. I enjoyed uh, it. Uh, this is us. He's one of the main actors in that, I think. Uh, I can't. I can't remember his name, and I'm not gonna make Leo. No, it. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. It. I'm black just saying. He, I enjoyed him Im- immensely. The black guy, right? Yeah, the black guy. Yeah. Um, Sterling K. Brown. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Like he. He was. A it treat. would eventually come to me. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's all a great the, actor. All the actors hit it, and instead of like the, the the crime action I was expecting, it was a crime thriller. And very well done. I'm sad it basically bombed. Yeah, it's one of those that I I watched late at night. I don't remember when the hell I watched it. Probably last October or so. And it was like, oh, this is really good. I kind of wish I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Because I wanted to, but... It, it was there it, for two weeks. It was there like really early, uh, really early May or June. or It went up against some juggernaut that just... Beat it. In the it, it put yeah, put it in the corner and just made yeah. it hurt. Yeah, and it was Which, there. It was yeah. up for like two weeks because I missed going uh, going one Saturday with my with my father and I was like, we can go next week and then it just it disappeared off the face of the earth. I remember we, me and you met up sometime and we're like, yeah, that sounds cool and it had just come out and then like, the next Sunday it was already gone and it's like, whoa, wait, where did what crap? happened? Yeah. Okay, I was, I was like planning on going to see it that. Yeah, that weekend, and it was just gone. I'm like, damn. Again, it sucks. I think everyone should watch it. It was really good. And aside yeah. from the one character, which was still interesting, but it just led nowhere, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. Yeah. Uh, as far as me, I saw Us, and I saw Captive State from last week. Oh, boy. Um, Tom, yeah. I can't remember. Did you like Captive State? I did, because I, I liked the fact that it was different. Okay. Than what I was going in to see. Um, yeah. And it wasn't fully apparent until like three quarters of the way through that I was going to get what I got. And I'm like, mm, okay. 
I mean, I can live with that. There were some definite holes. Oh, there's some huge holes in that movie. Um, and there's some questions of like, what happened to the main character for almost an hour runtime? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just, whoa, what? Well, yeah. uh, the main character is the kid that played the middle age in Moonlight. Um, anyone who's seen Moonlight recognizes the kid. Um, but he's the main character for like the first half hour. Uh, John Goodman? Yeah. Yeah, John Goodman plays like this, his, the, the character's father's ex-friend. Ex-partner. Or ex-partner, yeah. And... That's like all you need to know about their relationship, period. And he's being, he's watching him this whole time, but it's also like aliens are randomly there. And like, I thought that was cool that it's like, oh yeah, well they colonized us, but then they just don't do anything for the entire movie. The aliens are just kind of there. It sounds like humanity. Well, it, it bothered me because there are points where they like go to bomb stuff and you, it, you don't feel like it makes any impact. Yeah. Like, they, bomb, they have this big bomb, and you don't see, you hear, oh, they're doing this now, but you never see it. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. And, like, there are so many times where it's like, well, now we're just going to round up these people that we magically found. Yeah, and like you it's said, like, the main character just Fs off for an hour. Yeah, and then and they're like, oh, yeah, by no the way, we have this kid. Uh, kid, we need, you to, we need you to do this for us. Oh, okay. He's back in the story for, like, 10 minutes and then he is like well no back to back to Goodman's storyline yep and the movie's over like oh okay um I mean I didn't fall asleep in it my dad did which kind of was hilarious to me but you know I didn't fall asleep in it so but I was good and like I thought it was interesting I just felt like they dropped a huge ball. Like it, it had a really cool premise. They dropped half the plot. <laughs> it, it felt like it had a really cool premise. They just had like three different storylines they wanted to do and weren't sure which one to focus uh, on. Devin, how many movies does that it, make up? That we, could, we could do a so top many. five list of, of failures. We honestly could. Yeah. Um, just on that. Awesome premises, terrible movies. Yeah. Terrible I could, execution. I could, I could come up with so many of those, and it's like movies built on good intentions. Yeah, I really <laughs> wanted this one to be good. I really wanted this one to be good, but it's just about halfway through, I'm like, Jesus, I'm bored. And oh, no. that, and That's... it's just like, you have such a cool sci-fi storyline, and it it squandered it for half the movie. Those are yeah. those are the two words that are basically a death knell for from any sort of entertainment. It's yeah. like I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, it's like when it's I don't just... care. That's almost worse than being so bad. I'm laughing at it. Yeah. See, I wasn't so much bored. I was just sitting there going, "Wait, I'm confused. What happened? How did we get to this point? <laughs> they've been talking, but I'm not really sure what they've been talking about." That's, the, that's yeah, the lesser it, of "I'm bored." So I'm confused because like, I, be I feel like I got it all, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, wait. Like, I'm, so where did they get this bomb from? Yeah, and I'm sitting <laughs> there going, like, what? I Why know everything's the... explained, but did I miss a part? Did the, did I like just it randomly felt like there black were out in the movie? Of the movie that were missing? And yeah, I don't know if it was just bad editing or bad writing, but it honestly felt like there were chunks of the movie that were just not there. Yeah, so, parts should have been there and they weren't. Yeah, so Captive State, it's different. It <laughs> it it's like you it's start to see thing. the 
the cool alien invasion, and I absolutely love the opening scene with the parents and the, yeah. the sudden like wave that just eviscerated the parents. I thought that was cool, that was different, but then they never do that again. Yeah, <laughs> you never see that again. They try. And it and sounds like fail. a it sounds like a movie made by committee. <clears throat> yeah, and like it's from the same director as Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was ridiculously solid. Yeah. So it's I was hoping for something, but. Just That's then, the design of the aliens was like really I, all over the place. I thought at one point, oh, those are really cool looking, and then the next scene is like they look like fucking porcupines, and then the next scene they look like they're made out of tentacles, and then the next scene they're porcupines again. It's like, what are these things? And then they they have hunters, and it's like, well, they just look like dudes in suits, and then they they look like aliens in the next scene, and then they look back like the spiky things. It's just it was all over the place, and I wasn't sure if maybe I was just missing something or. I it, I don't know. It's all kind of explained. Kind um, of. And Not really, the takeaway that I got from it was they were almost all different like classes within the same society or group of aliens. I wanted to see more of that. Like I wanted to s- actually see what the legislators were. We did. We barely did. <laughs> uh, we get to see them twice in the movie. Yeah, and. Like, I liked the scene where uh, Goodman was giving his, like, deposition or whatever, but it's like, I wanted to see whatever they were talking to. Yeah. I wanted to see things, and I know it was a low-budget movie. It was obvious that it was a low-budget movie. It sounds like they didn't compensate for that, though. And, yeah, it, they didn't find a way to shoot this high-concept thing in a low-budget. They were like, let's do this, and I feel like halfway through they lost their budget. That's a second. That's a second category you can mm. do in and of itself. Yeah, and movies that strive to be too much, that yeah. that overreach their budget. Oh my god, that yeah, so again, many. That is that is horrifying. How often that yeah. happens. Yeah, overall, I mean, like, not gonna lie. I, last week or last week, I was super enthusiastic about the movie because um, I do think that it's worth seeing at least once. But having it percolate, it probably but wasn't. Having it, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, it's a movie that I would definitely see. I wouldn't mind seeing at least. I suggest everyone see at least once, but maybe not in theaters. Um, That's what I'm gathering. <laughs> get a bunch of caffeine and then try watching it. Yeah. Oh um, no, you you definitely had to be bored out of your mind. It about halfway through, I'm like, cool. Who is this character now? Oh, yeah, she's dead now. The, oh, okay. The plot <laughs> is very much like uh, basically trying to figure out how to drive down the expressway doing 75 miles an hour while your car is being held together by a uh, paper clip and a piece of gum. Yeah. It somehow so comes apart halfway the, through. What happened to the main character's girlfriend? Like, she seemed like she was super important in the first half of the movie, then she just disappeared for the rest of it. Um, and then you see her later in the, the factory or whatever, and I'm like, well, it, uh, okay. Yeah, well, you've... She... Is actually working for something. <laughs> all right, let's not. Let's not, yeah, give just away, like, let's not give away all the film. Uh, and then, like, the person that something. gave gave the main character the the cigarette thing. Where did that character come from? Because there are like just so many things that are like, I don't know what this is. Here, have this random storyline. Yeah, and then is... then you'll meet your brother again, who's been dead for a mo- six months. It's like what? This sounds yeah, like this sounds exactly like a movie yeah. I'll see in six years, maybe. And like I said, it and feels I like the will plot go. Was, what movie was that? <laughs> yeah, it feels in like two months plot. I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw that movie, didn't I? 
Like I said, it feels like the plot got MacGyvered together and didn't stick out. Yeah, well. it felt like maybe it was a TV show that was crammed into one. <laughs> it was yeah. a, it was yeah. a B episode of MacGyver. Yeah. He uh, tried, I, but actually, I think it was more like Doogie Howser becomes MacGyver and fails. If I pull if I pull this trigger, it will set off the gunpowder I put in like behind this lead pellet to hit you in the face and kill you. It's like, okay, MacGyver, you're not giving it your all, are you? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> right. uh, I kind of phoned it in this well, week. Well, that's what we saw this week. Uh, Us was pretty good. The rest were decent. Right. For the most part, yeah. And then, uh, I, I still think I, Hotel Artemis was a gem. Yeah. I thought Hotel Artemis was pretty if good. If that just got put up against uh, a juggernaut. Yeah, it, it had a really bad bad release time. They should have waited I, until I August. I feel so bad about August, that. August, September would have been a better time for it to come yeah, out. Yeah, it just or got... Now, it, it like got nowadays. Yeah, it got punished. Yeah. Alright, uh, so the only thing coming out this week is Tim Burton's Dumbo. Oh boy. Which, I I like Tim Burton. I will tell you, he's on my list today. Just be prepared for that, because I'm sure that that's going to get some weird reactions. Oh yeah, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Dumbo's coming out, so we figured we'd do remakes this week. And holy crap, this was tough for me. Yeah, it was exactly easy for me. I could There's tell you a that. shitload of remakes out there, and almost all of them suck. Well, it's also the fact of so. what constitutes a remake, a reimagining, or a yeah. divergent, divergent take from a similar source. Like, there's like yeah. three different ways you can bear, you can qualify things. So the way I kind of quantified it, there is a movie made at some point that this movie either refreshes and does the same storyline again or modernizes it. Takes it, yeah, takes it and modernizes it. So that could run the gamut from anything like a direct remake like any of the horror remakes of, you know, the early 2000s. Oh god, yeah. Oh, so like yeah. Halloween. Like like uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Or Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Street. Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing one. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You get the idea. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like they that. All that are had just a reboot. Jeez. Yes, yeah. Did. Uh, My bloody My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. They oh, wow. all had a bad reboot, or all had a bad remake. And then that's all the Japanese movies, like The Ring and The Grudge. You get the idea. There's yeah. a lot. Horror. Uh, Horror just, is a very. It's cheap. It is cheap. cheap. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot of movies out there that were based on a book. It's not on my list, but it might be on one of yours. The Lord of the Rings series was made into an animated movie back then. And uh, obviously Peter Jackson made his own version. Whether you consider that a re- remake or not. It's kind of in the same... It's kind it, of up to you. It's kind of in that same vein as The Thing. A lot yeah. of people... It, it was taken from the same source material yeah. as The Thing from Another World. And you could yeah. reasonably call it a remake, but it yeah. depends on how strict you want to be with that definition. I would call it a remake. Um, I would make it fit, at, le- at the very least, into a reimagining. I'm close to... I am okay with reimaginings, reboots, slash remakes. Because... Yeah. There's some good ones. Three of mine aren't specific remakes of the movie, but they have the same movie previously. It, hit, it hits a couple of the same I actually, beats. on my list here, have where the remake comes in, because some of these are like, 
Well, that's not a remake. But, yeah. I'll, we'll get to them when we get to them. So, yeah. All right, let's start. First off, who would starting? like to start? Um, I guess I can this week. Okay. All right. So, for my number five, uh, I'm starting off with a movie that was originally made in 1969 uh, and was remade in 2003, The Italian Job. Can that. Okay. On the short list. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Mine is a 2001 Steven Soderbergh movie, Ocean's Eleven. Are we double? It? Okay. <laughs> wow. It's going to be a nice short episode today. Right? It, it is. There's like 10 good remakes, and we're going to say them all. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it depends on how, what you think of it. <laughs> I love I can both Let's you see guys. if we can yours, and then we just don't have any level fives this week. That'd be great. I don't think it's going to happen, because my number, fr- my number five is Bedazzled. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Didn't even make my list. Nope. That didn't even come up for consideration. Directed by uh, Harold Ramis and starring Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser. Yep. Yep. It it is a movie. Yeah. I loved it, man. I didn't even realize it was a remake. It is. It was like the the original. Oh, okay. And a guy makes a deal with the devil to get uh, in in the remake he's got he gets seven wishes to basically make his perfect life with uh, a co-worker that he's never talked to <laughs> and the hum- it's a comedy it's a comedy and, and romance film and the best part of it is just the fact that how is the devil who is played by Elizabeth Hurley going to screw over his wording it's it's a monkey's paw so. The whole basis of it is a monkey's paw. The first, uh, the first wish is that uh, Elliot, played by Brendan Fraser, wishes to be uh, great and powerful. He wakes <laughs> up, and he's just in a beautiful mansion with his lovely wife, who was the co-worker. Oh my God, and then yes. he goes downstairs, and the... He's got like a butler who starts speaking Spanish to him, and his first words is, uh, "I'm sorry, sir, I don't speak Spanish." In Spanish, and he's got this whole thing of like, he he's basically got a whole villa, and then the monkey paw happens, and you he finds out that he's a drug dealer. He's a he's a Colombian drug lord. He's a, uh, the 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 whole scene with that is just beautiful because his Spanish is pretty on point, and he's yeah. just like. <laughs> this is co- cocaine, cocaine. Oh man, it's a, it's a oh, oh, shit. I remember that. I'm a yep. great and powerful drug lord, and it's just the best. The whole thing is great, and every successive wish is just how is he gonna get screwed over? One of them was great because it's like I want to be the most sensitive man in the world, and then he's like. <laughs> And then he's like, wait, 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 I want to be the most emotionally sensitive man in the world. And Hurley just goes, damn, I could have had fun with that one. <laughs> and then still screws him over. Oh, yeah. It, it's honestly a great romp with, at the end of it all, he just, he just wishes for her to have a good life. And it basically knows the contract. And it's like, well, you were a good person. You, you learned. You weren't just a selfish bastard. Hmm. You get your soul back. It's like, the whole thing is just... A fun, enjoyable romp, and again, it's it, it is not at anybody's radar because it's like it was like oh cool, funny rom com. It's like, but it's just they got uh, uh, Hurley and Fraser have great just back and forth chemistry. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is one of those 
really underrated actors, especially nowadays. He hasn't done anything for he like needs 10 to. years. He needs yeah. the money. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. I don't but, know, but I I enjoyed I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of it. It is a it is a a movie I think everybody should see. Hmm. All right, all right. So well, uh, that was what, a best round. What, yeah. Will your number four even make it? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, my number four is um, originally came out in two thousand two, um, and was remade in two thousand six. Uh, the Departed. Nope. That is not on my list. So The Departed. Final affair. Yep, yep. The Departed was originally based off Infernal Affairs, which is uh, basically the same storyline. Um, With one or two twists. Yeah. yeah. And well, that, uh, that's about it. Yeah, and I'm sure... It's actually made my short list, but I figured someone would say it. And I'm sure it has a whole lot less F-bombs um, <laughs> oh my God. in the original. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, considering I... Uh, yeah. I think uh, The Departed has like the second most... Uh, F bombs uh, and any second movie. most only to I think Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that uh-huh. same director. Yeah, Martin oh, Scorsese. Wow. Scorsese loves his F bombs. Yeah, well, it's um, real people speaking. I will at least say I I was watching The Departed. I never once thought it was like this guy's a character. It's like no, no, I know people like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know you. Called? We know you, James. Hi. Yeah, with uh, the one I think it comes down with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I think it breaks down to like oh, there's a swear word every. Either 3.5 or 8.5 seconds. It's like 280-something in the course yeah, it has of has the, the world record yeah. for the most, most number of swear yeah. words in any film. Yeah. That does not surprise it, me. Right. It took the crown from, uh, from Departed. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Which was Oscar-nominated and won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I understand 100% why, but yeah. Scorsese was definitely taken aback. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, The Departed, overall, it's a great film when it comes to the whole like cop drama type setup oh, yeah. um and there's a couple of twists in there that you're not quite seeing exactly how they're going to find their way out of the the rabbit hole that they initially go down yeah um and uh, at the same time it also shows like the level of decency people can have when they're stuck in a situation that is just totally shit oh, yeah. um and it's it, it's one of DiCaprio's shining moments again as an actor, just being an amazing. Uh, Hell, I'd say that for all of them, they all knocked it out of the park. They all did. Me. They really did. But I mean, like, there's something about the way he plays the character in here that really makes me just sit there and go, "Wow, this is how have you not won?" Some sort of like Academy Award at this point. Yeah, I heard. I I heard Why from DiCaprio's take... character the entire time. I was like, oh my god, I felt yeah. so bad. I'm like, it's like, why did it take to get to what the Revenant before yeah. he finally got an Academy he basically Award? Basically, had to heat like an, a horse liver or something, and he had a gunpowder his own neck More. and sleep in a carcass. You know, yeah, you have to really you know go hard to get that Oscar. Apparently, so but yeah, that's why I chose The Departed. I thought it was a great story overall. Uh, acting in it's fantastic, oh, yeah. um, oh, and yeah. I loved it overall. I was I was captivated the entire time, and I had actually never nothing about it had been spoiled. And the last ten minutes, oh boy! Oh yeah! <laughs> I was like, what, 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 what? It 
it's great. I don't want to spoil it, even though we kind of ha- it's old enough that we have it off. But I, I honestly think you should go in without any knowledge of the ending because, oh my god! And yeah. though that doesn't work if you've seen Infernal Affairs. And one of the True. one of my favorite things about it too is the setting. It fits perfectly in that setting of Boston, where you sit there and go, "Wow, yeah." There's some easily in parts of Boston. That whole idea, like... This, you can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, you can see this stuff happening. And then at the same time, you're sitting there going, you've got this super high level of education from some people, uh, and then you've got, like, that whole towny feel from other people that is very um, endemic when it comes to when you think about uh, a lot of the, for lack of a better word, the... Um, the social stigma when you think about, you know, the stereotypes coming out of there. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that fits perfectly with those wonderful stereotypes. And they play those stereotypes to a, a, a to perfection. Mark Wahlberg's great. Yeah. Because it's not a stereotype. That's just people he knew when he was growing up. Right. Sad part is, though, he reminds me, it reminds me very much of, like, his portrayal of, like, a, uh, of somebody from Philadelphia as well because that super yeah. close-knit community but then again i guess that's just that that's people yeah i i will say last thing i'll say on it this is one of the few movies i did not mind a love triangle yeah it it felt good i i've heard people say that it just kind of it's like that didn't need it in the plot it's like it didn't need it but it actually fit i yeah. actually really liked it yeah and that's not typical for me with romance both of you can definitely back me up on that one sure. but yeah. it it, it felt good, and I felt, again, it's like I felt horrible when during that last 10 minutes. It's like, oh, so I, I'd highly suggest it. I'm going to hazard yeah. you are, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely really liked Departed. Personally, I do enjoy uh, Infernal Affairs more. I need to watch um, that. It's just one of those that when I first saw it, I thought, holy crap, this movie's awesome. And then Departed came out. I'm like, this seems very familiar. <laughs> so, Departed, like, was kind of knocked down a peg because I had already seen Infernal Affairs. And it, it just, it came just blew, years. Yep. Yeah. And Infernal Affairs just blew me away. I was, I was like, holy crap, this movie is really damn well done. And then they released Departed, and I'm just, what? Oh, okay. Because I didn't, I didn't know when I walked into the movie that... Yeah, Scorsese Americanized it. <laughs> yeah. And I liked it. It was just... I prefer Infernal Affairs. Yeah, he didn't care for it either. Too dark. Yeah. But eh, I thought it was great. So, what's your number four, Devin? Uh, well, this might get some flack. Can uh, I can it? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. A whole lot of people hate the movie. Uh, 2005 Tim Burton film? Oh. That's going to be a no on okay, me. Okay, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, never mind. It's not a while I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, okay, never mind. What were you thinking? For some reason, I had Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland no, in hell no, I'm like, I hate Alice in Wonderland. Okay. It, was not, <laughs> it was not a great movie. That, uh, makes me have, that makes me feel better about that. 2005, Trying on the Chalk Factory, uh, based on the book by Roald Dahl, but remake of Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory. Yeah. <laughs> Beloved by so many. <laughs> uh, I'll hey. be honest, I absolutely, I really do love the Charlie and the Chalk Factory movie. There are a lot of things that haven't aged well, but I still really love the movie. 
I will say on this that I have not watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and probably never will because I personally felt it was unnecessary. Hey, we're talking about remakes. None of them are necessary. <laughs> Ballad point. But there are yeah. some that definitely push it in a, in a way that the original yeah. didn't or could not. So, But I personally felt that the first one was the, the whimsical that... Of more appeal to me than the than the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one. Then that that's all I will say on it yeah. at negative because I have my own thoughts, but that's not the place. This is not the yeah. place for that. Um, I really enjoyed uh, parts of the movie. Um, I like the fact that it was much closer to the source material. Um, I will agree. But with that. there were points that it was creepier than the source material ever felt. But that was mainly because of. I think just Tim Burton's uh, style mm-hmm. of yeah, he's filming. a he's a bit of a weird director. Yeah, I he's mean, a, he's very hard to pin down. He either is really, really weird and creepy, or he's just like really bubbly and happy. So either way, it's but, kind of on that cusp of being. Do I like this? Do I not? I'm uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll go with it. Uh, in 2005, when I first saw it, I. First off, weird thing is, it came out the same day as a Harry Potter film. Yeah. Oh, it did, didn't it? I went to see a 9 o'clock Friday movie the day I got my braces on. <laughs> this is a... Okay, so this is sorry. my story about when I first saw Charlie and the Chalk Factory. Earlier in the day, I, I got my braces on for the first time. I then went and saw a goddamn movie about candy... Oh, no. And the first time ever going to the thing, I couldn't get Twizzlers, and that pissed me off. I then went with my my best friend to go go get the midnight release of Harry Potter, I think, 5, Order of the Phoenix. That sounds about right. I think that's the one that was coming out. It was either 4 or 5. It was either 5 or 6. It wasn't 4. Really? 4 was... 2004. 2005, number four would have just come out in theaters, so I'm pretty sure it was either, I think it was six, honestly. It was like a couple of, anyway. Um, but that was a big day. <laughs> it was like, uh, we went and saw um, uh, Charlie and Chalk Factory, and I absolutely loved it. It, it. I've never been a huge fan of the original, or of uh, Willy Wonka, just I think the first half of it is ungodly boring. The whole, the whole song, the mother's song bores the hell out of me. The, the Candyman can is good for like the first five lines, and then it's like, got it. Candyman's are great, cool. I've got a golden. Ticket. And now that I'm older, I'm like, man, that Candyman is handing out all the heroin. But <laughs> then when they get into the thing, I I like Willy Wonka, but I hate all of the kids, and the the parents of the kids just annoy me in the original. Okay, I can see and that. And the Oompa but. Loompas are like, okay, cool, got it, okay. And then they keep going. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and then, like, just random stuff like the Golden Goose and the... Hmm. And I'm just like, okay. Whereas I feel like Charlie and the Chalk Factory. I genuinely like Charlie. Willy Wonka was really weird. We'll get to that in a second. I absolutely love the music. I absolutely love to, or, uh, Danny Elfman's score. That is 
phenomenal. The opening few scenes, shipping out the candy is great. I love all of the score. They're coming for us. Anyway. We'll um, go back to the basement. <laughs> I want to go back to the basement. It's quieter. Yeah, we're on fire, folks. Oh, Watch no. out now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I Score. genuinely loved the cinematography. I thought the cinematography and the production design was gorgeous throughout this movie. And the more you get to know my taste in movies, if it's not a really great script, I am perfectly okay as long as it has amazing visuals. And that's one thing the movie does great. It does. Yep. And as the you, boat scene. The boat scene is phenomenal. Yes. It's one of my favorite scenes of the entire yeah. film. Yeah. And, like, I, I genuinely like the uh these the Oompa Loompa songs because they're short sweet gets the point move on yep. and I love the fact how they do the Oompa Loompas in this because they're not people in like in costumes there's one guy that they like copied yep and it looks really cool it's creepy but it looks really cool <laughs> I like I just think it looks I, I like there's, the there's a I differing like, opinions yeah. I like the actor uh, but there's something Dean about Roy. yeah, yeah. But there's something about seeing so many copies of him on the screen yeah. at one I, time. I think, Super deep raw. I think his size and everything works better than the original. And I will say, I, I kind of dig the the weird, almost Michael Jackson-y look for, uh, for Willy Wonka. I just think it kind of, it's this interesting look. It was like it's Michael Jackson portrayal. It was like Michael I Jackson like meets um, Victorian steampunk. No, I was I, almost I, think, I always thought he looked really cool. And I think Johnny Depp, as weird as he is as a person, I think he played the role relatively well. Well, I, I'm not saying that he looks he looks like a like a a Victorian a Victorian yeah. era kind of thing. So I just think which he looks bits, cool. Wonka looks that way, but the Oompa Loompas, they always reminded me of Michael Jackson meets Duck Dodgers of the twenty first and a half century. What? <laughs> yeah. 21st and a half century. Is it 21st or 24th? Uh, something like that. Whatever. It reminds me of the Duck Dodgers, that weird, like, bubbly spaceman, spaceman at the. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. That looks cool, it, though. It's just one of those <laughs> really, weird really movies that. It's one of those movies that got, like, just hated on, and I'm like, why? This nostalgia. I, it, will, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I will 100% say that it was nostalgia. Yeah, is it right? They, Absolutely not. Is it wrong for me to personally not want to go see it? No, I, I have in the past hated on it. I've I've grown since then. It's like I just don't give a shit. It's not my cup of tea. I enjoyed the the original for the whimsy. I see the problems with it. Yeah, it's weird. It's dark and creepy at times. It's not the best written, but I don't watch it for the the dialogue and the story. No, and I will I will one hundred percent agree that uh, there's a decent chunk in that first half of the original that's just it's fluff that could have been God, the, the whole mom's the the dear charlie or whatever that yeah, is such that a was, stupid song uh, again i will 100 agree but like, if yeah, you, yeah. if you're the more technical one i think people are going to realize at some point that i'm the one that cares more for yeah. the story and the action on the screen yeah and i'm the combination of the two yeah, yeah. so it's like we've and got I, all the all our extremes yeah. covered i will say the score to, if you've never listened to the score to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I should actually because I'm the I can't remember the opening song title, but it is phenomenal. You know what? The, if nothing else, Devin, I will listen yeah. to the score 
uh, over this week and I'll, I'll save something next week. Yeah, there's a, a song early on. I can't remember if it's the first or like the, when they're distributing the chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Like the golden tickets are going out. That is such a cool sound or score. Yeah, I will definitely I take it. a listen to it this week. So yeah, so that's my number four, uh, Charlie Chalk Factory. Yep. So. My number four is Ocean's Eleven. Cool. I'm uh, pretty sure that was canned from earlier. It was. I canned it. <laughs> it Ocean's Eleven, uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Who? Yep. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh, you? based on the 1960 Rat Pack film. Which is crap. <laughs> Good cast, bad everything else. Bad execution. Oh, yeah. Horrible execute. There's like three people that have any sort of significance, and that's it. Almost yeah. everyone in this remake ha- does something, yeah. and it's got big names for people that became big names. It stars George Clooney and Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Damon. Uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, it's got Bernie Mac. Oh yeah, yeah Don uh, Cheadle. It's got so many names. Yeah, it has a lot of names crammed into it. The thing is. None of them overpower each other. You focus more on Clooney and Pitt's character? Yeah, I think you do. Because they're the masterminds. But everyone gets a bit of of the action. And just for Grace was in that, too. Oh, my God, he was. He was like that one weird... He was getting taught by Pitt. Yeah. Uh, uh, cards. Holy yeah. crap! You're he comes right. back in. I think the third one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I completely like forgot st- about that. Strung out guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it just. I think feels, he actually plays Topher Grace too. Yeah, it just feels like such a good heist movie. Like everything is built up in such a perfect way. Yeah. Again, no one feels neglected. Are you ripping off Elliot Gould or something, or is he one of the group? He's no, he's one of the group. He's Andy the Garcia group? is the one. Garcia. Yeah, okay. Is the one who's getting ripped off. Yeah. I can't remember his character name, but it doesn't matter. Nah. But he, he's the one getting ripped off. And it just... <laughs> the byplay between Pitt and Clooney is just great. Oh, yeah. They they naturally look like a couple guys who might plan a heist and just be suave about it the entire damn time. Yeah. I genuinely love... I, I genuinely like all three of them. And I even decently like the pseudo reboot in Ocean's Eight. I thought that was. I never was saw three good. and two. One of the, one of the big major plot points in two pissed me off. Because it, it just it was just, it just seemed bullshit. Him, which one was that? Him <laughs> him doing a, a kata through the uh, through the random laser. I was like, oh, I'm gonna call yeah. horseshit. So fucking yeah. hard on that. It just felt yeah. like a bad knockoff of entrapment. Yeah, because oh, they, yeah. specific, they specifically said it was randomized. It's like if it were a set pattern, even though the pattern only came about every half hour or so, I'd buy it. It's like it would take forever, but you could do it. He, yeah. They specifically say random, and routines are structured for a reason. I call so hard on the bullshit with that. Yeah, it I took me that. out. Like three miles away from where I was watching it, but like I said, the first one it nailed everything just yeah. so great. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh's one of those odd directors that nobody really knows who he is, but every movie that he puts out is extremely solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and the going going to the soundtrack, it's like the soundtrack is just that nice jazzy Vegas feel. Yeah, and the end bit where they're standing in front of the fr- the fountain, and they've got 
if I remember correctly, it is an old Sinatra song playing. It's like it just felt it just felt like a love letter to both to, to heist movies in general and specifically to the original. Yeah, I like the fact that they end with a song by the guy that was in the original. Yeah, yeah. it was. A, it, was a, it was a cap on it. Yeah, yeah, it was a good homage to the original. Yeah. yeah. All in all, it's a fantastic movie that I definitely think everyone should watch. The original, and yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of older movies, I guess. But yeah, it it was solid for what it was at the time. But you yeah, go back, it was probably fine back then. It was it was made anymore. to sell one or uh, like two or three of members of the Rat Pack, not an actual movie. This is a movie to enjoy. Like, you see it, and it's like, yeah, that's George Clooney, but not really. In this, he's he actually feels more like a Danny Ocean than Clooney playing whoever he's playing. Yeah. Like, they all felt like people. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right. Um, so, my number three, um, originally... Uh, released in 1979, directed by Robert Weiss, um, was redone in 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams, uh, Star Trek. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay, I'll give that to you. More of a reboot than anything, but okay. Um, because if you, you said Star Trek Into Darkness, I'd say, yeah, it's just con, but okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's... This one, um, they... I'd say it's more of a, a remake of the TV series. Yeah, well, because remember Star Trek, yeah. it was the Star Trek The Motion Picture, which was directly coming off of several years of being off air from the original three seasons of the original show. Yeah, it yeah. is weird to think that the it's original only had three seasons. also technically a sequel in ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a weird movie in This general, is one of those weird all. reboot, remake, sequel... Reimagining, Re- and then like the next one, Into Darkness or Beyond, whatever, is like a sequel, a remake, a reboot, an interquel, and like four other things. But okay. yeah, you can throw a dartboard and not hit what it's supposed to be. Pretty much, right? <laughs> whatever um, it is, it's not original. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> in the original Star Trek, uh, the motion picture, Kirk um, is re-assuming uh, command of the. Uh, recently re-outfitted USS Enterprise um, when they realize that a super advanced ginormous ship is approaching Earth. <laughs> um, and they're like, uh, we got to get on this. Uh, Kirk, want to <laughs> step in here? Um, nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> and in the new no, one, one, we're finding out the whole origin story of Kirk of James and... Kirk. The whole crew, um, well, the main players uh, of the crew. I miss Anton Yelchin. Right? Um, <sighs> Tragic. God, check off. It, yeah. it, um, it really was bad. It was. And uh, the, um, I just think that it was very well done. The special effects in the remake really modernized and did a great job of capturing what the old... Uh, sci-fi tech was that they used for the TV show and everything like that and just made it that like crisp, clean, modern take on it. Little too much lens flare. It's J.J. from style. I, I was going yeah. to say that, It's a, but it's like <laughs> that's more rewarding to people say little too much lens flare. It's Lenslayer. really, really bad in Star Trek though. The, like the original Star one. Wars Episode 7, not as bad. Uh, something like Super 8, pretty damn bad. 
kind of what always happened on Super 8 cameras. Star Trek, the fact that it was all anamorphic and like there are shots that seem like just really warped and weird and the to me the cinematography of people in Star Trek, the new Star Trek, had some issues. Huh. The visuals and the special effects, awesome, great. They did a damn good Space. job. They did a damn good job. But some of the cinematography inside the ships had some problems. Especially when they were on board the Romulan ship. Yeah. It looked like, I, don't, I remember a couple of scenes, it's like, this looks like I'm looking through a fish eye. Yeah. yeah like just, The just camera angle was coming bowl. from like yeah. the top angle down, and then it, even then it was like a skewed and diagonal. Yeah. And you're just like, did somebody just get really lazy with... The camera placement? Well, with the uh, movable camera, because like it's up here. Did they just forget it was up there for the shot and like, I eh, just go with it? Between that, yeah. uh, the kind of rampant lens flare, and just the general brightness of the inside, everything looked washed out. I yeah, they're, they had some cinematography. They, yeah, they, I their like, parts would just look washed out. I liked, though, the fact that um, you had that super washed out look for. When they were on the Enterprise, or on the Enterprise in the first place, because one gave it that kind of uh, clean room feel. Yeah, it gave oh. you that incredibly clean room. It gave you that bright new shiny and new and like bright new shiny and new really um, <laughs> shiny and new right new shiny happy people. But yeah, and it it just gave you this like yes, this is where you know the Federation is going. This is the there's a reason why this ship is going to be such a gem in our fleet um and <laughs> we've just taken off yeah. the shrink wrap <laughs> yeah exactly I, I can't remember if it was that if it was the the first of the new ones or if it was uh the darkness one but it, it's got one of my favorite little scenes where they're they're like running from these minds that are coming at them it's like i'm going to play some classical music sir to like it blast thunderstruck or something like that oh is that the one where they they turned on sabotage? That yeah, was sabotage. It. It was sabotage. That's, that's in the darkness. That, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's sabotage. That is that is my. That is in number one. That's number one, because uh, it starts off with them playing sabotage with. Uh, he was on Kirk a bike. Being on the planet, and he yeah. stole his stepdad's car. His that's con- what it was. The yeah, the car. Yeah, but, but no, and then he Thelma and Louise is it. But yeah. no, I remember, I remember specifically, <sighs> specifically the scene where they're like. They're disrupted by Sonic or something like that, and they just blast yeah, sabotage. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. And it's the... so stupid and over the top that it's glorious. It's, yeah, it was disrupted because they're connected via comms or something. Mm-hmm. And if they blast the, the thing into their comms, they can't communicate with each other. So One, like the scene itself is just kind of awesome. But then just the yeah. prep is just I'm going to... <laughs> like is this place. classical music? Yeah, yeah, that was it. It's like, this classical actually, music? I take that back. I it think was... that was actually number three beyond. Might have been. Yeah, I don't think it was number one. It, it wasn't it's number two. It's the one with the, the hive mind. Two was all con. I think it is three. It's three, yeah, the hive mind. Yeah. Either way, it's, that, that's what I remember as like the best scene, just because it was such over the top and stupid. And they just it was had definitely to... three, because it was uh, Idris Elba. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. you're right. Yep. Yeah, like all three are actually pretty solid. I like three because it's written by um, Simon Pegg. Yeah. And I, I personally have a huge, uh, you know, straight crush on Simon Pegg. Yeah, he's your man crush. Gotcha. Hell yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. He he's a he's Why a solid. Why are you qualified, Devin? I don't care. He, he he's 
He's a solid writer, director, actor. Oh, I enjoy oh, yeah. almost everything he's a part of. He is a yeah, great. The actor. only movie that I'm like meh is uh, Tintin. But <laughs> oh, what about Mission Impossible Three? I <laughs> still in, I enjoyed Mission Impossible Three. No, Another no. J.J. Abrams movie, but right. But uh, I think he was shining beacon in that movie. But yeah, so that's <laughs> and it only got better moving forward. Oh, that's I one hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> that that's my number three though. So all right. Yeah, I, I genuinely like uh, the Star Trek films. Uh, yeah. Don't go in expecting yeah. a deep plot. That's about it. Oh, yeah, it. just go no. in expecting to have fun. Are you going to have a fun time? Oh, yeah. Number uh, In the Darkness bothered me because they... It, my, it was a whole horror His name is not Khan. I am Khan. It's like, well, damn. <laughs> right, Couldn't have come up heart. with a, an interesting villain that's not just a... Remake. My name is Genghis. My name is Genghis. I would, I would have accepted that because that would have just been hilarious. It's like, My name is Kublai Kai. Yeah. It's like, okay, now you're just taking the piss. Right? Yeah. So, Devin, All right. what is yours, well, number three? My number three might be on one of your lists. It's a remake of both a 1967 movie and a 1954 TV play. I think you're, it's going to be... 2006 Martin Campbell movie? Yep. We're going to can that. All righty then. We're going to can that and come back to that later. Yep. I so, have no idea what they're talking uh, about, Casino folks. Royale. Yep. Oh. Have not seen it. Yep. Originally directed. The movie Doesn't was originally we'll directed. Get to, we'll get to yeah, it. We'll get to it. We'll get to, that to it. Later. I figured that might be on. James? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, my number three is actually Dawn of the Dead. That made the top of my short list. Yeah. Like, I, that was my number six. Like, Zack Snyder, I want to say, what, 2002-ish? Uh... Like that, I think two thousand two thousand five. I think somewhere two to two thousand two to five. One of the that was the one with the mall, right? Yeah. Yes, the mall. Yeah, no. There's a reason why that didn't make my list at all. Terrified the shit out of you? No, it wasn't so much that that it just terrified the shit out of me. I have a problem with Zombie Baby. Oh Jesus, yeah. Ooh. yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, Tom. The CGI on that's because, horrifying. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. but like, it's the concept. Not, it, not it's, it is terrifying, and, and they yeah. put, absolutely and terrifying. And it's not just the fact that it's uh, zombies; it, they're fast zombies. Oh yeah, like I love the fact directed, that they're fast zombies. yeah, but the Dawn of the Dead remake directed fast by baby zombie. Even it's like the creepiest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, directed by Zack Snyder, and he knocked it out of the park. I think. Yeah. There's one or two moments towards the end where I'm like, oh, okay, come on, why? But yeah. by that point, you're invested in the ride. Oh, yeah. It's only when you look back and it's like, that's kind of bullshit. It's kind of like, like uh, you had 28 Days Later last year. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. I think we can that. Yeah, you it, can that specifically. Yeah. But Dawn of the Dead and 28 Days Later have they're a very like, similar theme with the yeah. fast zombies. They're the ones that yeah. popularized, if not started it. Uh, yeah, one of the two definitely was the one that started it because they came and out the, really close to each other. I, I want to say it was Dawn Dead. I want to say, but that doesn't. Know. But we can yeah. people can look that up. Do some research, yeah. people. Uh, but yeah, it's like it just starts off so like it's like it. You're following this this nurse, and then they get up, and I want to say, and then this little little girl, and then yeah, immediately there's a zombie daughter. Yeah. Right away, it's like, damn. Well, that's and pulling a punch. The face is like, oh my god. And then the the father goes and say, like, I don't know if it was there. I can't. I can't remember if it was theirs or a neighbor's daughter or something like that. But it they was knew. their daughter. It was their it daughter. Was, yeah. It was I, their I can't daughter. Remember that. Yep. 
but and then she just rips a chunk out of the father's neck and is like, "Oh, we're going this way." Yeah, yeah, so close. To, I'm like, "Oh, that is that's the beginning." Holy, I feel cold. so bad for that. Yeah, for that it has one of the best cold opens of any. And then she's just I've going seen. and like everything's going insane. It's like none of it is played for laughs. Yeah, it, it is one hundred percent. When they get like, into the mall, there's some laughs. There, there are some like, laughs. Nothing with the actual zombies. I really. love the uh, the famous headhunting or the the celebrity headhunting. Yeah. Oh, that's oh cool. yeah, Burt Reynolds. Mm. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Boom. And he, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I love their dark, morbid humor. Because you have so, to have it. You oh, really yeah. do. You have to have something to break the tension. Yeah, and then of course. How everything kind of goes to pot. It's like, oh, the puppy. Yeah. yeah. That, it's like, I, I personally, I was like, well, she's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I written her off so fucking hard. <sighs> yeah. But, and that combined with, like, one, only one other big one. It's like, why was the chainsaw not like locked into place. Why could you lift oh, it out? Oh, in the uh, the in the bus. In the bus. Yeah. Why could you lift the chainsaw out? That was asking to get chopped, which was yeah. also horrifying. <laughs> yeah. The the movie does a really good job of blending this kind of like. It's not that it was always dark. It had a lot of like lighthearted tone to it. No, which the, was the, really cool. The second I'll... act was very like it was yeah. people. It was yeah. It was what usually happens. Nine times out of ten. Especially towards the later end, their fuck ups and them getting killed wasn't a result of necessarily of the zombies. Is that someone screwed up and people paid the consequences? Yeah, that's and that felt really good. Like the first, the first third, oh yeah, people are, are getting shot by this and they are booking it. Those zombies book it. Best exemplified by when the 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 new group uh, comes to the mall and the in the van, and you you see the one guy, he, he like Asian looking guy, he's walking. You see his side, and then he turns, and his arm is like bitten off, yeah. and he just starts booking it at you. And it's like, oh, that is terrifying. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm gonna go with nope. And then when when the people that were in the that moving van, especially the fat lady, could turn, it's like, and then the fat lady is just run like an Olympic sprinter, it's like, that's terrifying. Because yeah. it also kind of brings to mind, it's like, on the one hand, you can go, eh, that's unrealistic, it wouldn't happen. On the other hand, they don't have a limiter. Yeah, they just go They're until they... are dead. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that, the movie itself isn't all that, all that great, but World War Z does that yeah. hive mind, dead, like, zombie running thing perfectly. Yes. The fact that they're like crawling up themselves like ants yes. trying to get over Which walls. Which is essentially what would happen. It is just that movie does just, that perfectly. World War Z has moments, yeah. but overall it's like, well, overall, it's kind it had of a lot of stupid. issues. But yeah. It had a lot of issues, but I love that about it. And that I is agree. very much started, started with, with this. This with and 28 this Days. This and 28 Days Later. Yeah, yeah, they both hit that point of it's like what would actually happen if the mind didn't have to give a shit about damage to it? Yeah. And, and needed to eat you. And the result, kind of terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's the first one. It's also the first zombie movie I could fully appreciate when I watched it and not have night terrors. 
for the next three or four days. The it started with the first Resident Evil, which came out a little bit before, but also it mm. with with the, with the slow moving zombies that were also kind of justified because it was claustrophobic. Yeah, but. Uh, by that point, I was kind of getting over night terrors after watching a movie like that. And then when uh, both 28 Days and uh, Dawn of the Dead came out, I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying and awesome. And I was able to fully appreciate it. When I first saw it at Free... Like, when I first saw the trailers and they had all this stuff with the, the zombie kid, it freaked me out. Yeah, like, that, was, that was not... That freaked me out. I didn't see it in theaters. I ended up watching it later on dvd and i'm like this is really cool yeah it, and you know i was older and i'm like oh this is no problem zombies don't freak me out at all so i'm like cool it got to that like and then i'm like yeah this would have freaked the living crap out of me when i was a kid oh so, yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll very solid okay. movie that i definitely i appreciate more than the the original because the original was the original it was more about the consumerism bullshit yeah, and you still kind of get that in this one. It has some really cool moments. Like I love when they're the trying helicopter. to get on the helicopter. Yeah. And yes. the one jumps up and gets the top of his head cut off and then collapses. I'm like, eh, that's just a fun looking. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but yeah, it's but, like it, it's also got that consumerism bent, which is what George yeah. Romero's whole shtick with it was. And I kind of liked that allegory, yeah. but at the same time, it's still kind of present in the in the remake. Yeah, because eventually. They get used to being in the mall, and it's just it's just people being people. Yeah, which yeah. was kind of the point. And and it's only afterward. It all in all, it's a very solid movie, which with a very depressing ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, what's your what's your number two? Um. So my number two was Casino Royale. All right. <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, Casino Royale, based on the book by Ian Fleming which was turned into a 1967 movie called Casino Royale, which was a parody, technically, and a TV play. It, w- it wasn't even fully a movie, but it was a play that they aired on TV in 1954, which was all set only in the casino. Wow. That's mm-hmm. actually kind of interesting. Uh, I will 100% say that I'm only familiar with two Bond movies, and neither of them are recent. That's fair. Um, All right. But well, this was also Daniel Craig's first yes. first foray as Bond, and from by every, Martin Campbell. And from everything I hear, he knocked it. He oh knocked God, it out. He great in this. Yeah. Um, him and I believe it was uh, Evergreen who. Of course. Oh we wait! Know you want wait Evergreen. a minute. Yo. Yeah, playing Vesper Lind. Yep. Also, Mads Mikkelsen plays. Yes. Oh, he's great. He's great. Uh, he makes a. He's terrifying. He makes a damn good villain. Goes out kind of like a bitch. He does, but well, he does in almost everything. <laughs> but Devin, Devin, yeah. he's like he's like the new new Sean Bean. If Sean Bean was still alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he he's always taken out like a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. one of the things too that. Uh, really set this movie apart for me was the uh, parkour scenes that were yeah the opening scene in in Africa yeah I can't remember what Um, I think it's like Nairobi or something yeah something like that Kenya Um, and like those scenes were amazing because it really set the pace for um, 
the fact that this isn't going to be your typical Bond film that you've seen before. Yeah. That he's not the suave gentleman with the gadgets. He's also, no. this is his first real mission. Yeah. Yeah, Casino Royale is Bond's first mission, period. Yeah. So he's still, he hasn't quite gotten to that suave thing. He, he still has to be. The, the cold open of the movie, before you even see the, the like classic gun, it's a gun barrel, ultimately, him walking into the gun barrel and shooting at the, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Before you see that, you actually see this kind of black and white scene with him talking to a random guy, and he's like, well, you always get two, which is what the double O is. Yep. Um, they reveal that the double O is two kills. When you get two kills, then you're eligible to get a double O status. Yep. Oh, well, that's and interesting. Which is your official license to kill. Yeah. And they have the scene where, oh, was your first one difficult? Yes, considerably. Or, yes, well, the second one's easier. And he shoots the guy? Yes, considerably. And it's revealed that he just got his second kill. Wow! Oh, that's a, that's a hell yeah. of a cold and, opening. And then they show his first kill, and he's, like, fighting a guy in a bathroom and all this, and then the guy goes to pull a gun, and then they turn reveal and then they have that cold or have that classic opening going right into the the I think into the bond song or something mm-hmm. and it's like just boom he's now a he's now James Bond he's now the one you all know yeah but yeah. it is a prequel ultimately yeah. it shows how bond's first mission went absolutely which is casino royale and it's also really cool too because you get to see the um just how much uh, M really cares for Bond's character and how much she takes an interest in his character um, because of the fact that, like, you hear, like, they discuss his double, his attaining the double O status. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you've done it. I hope you're proud of yourself because it's not quite what I was expecting from this particular mission, but it was a choice. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, almost like, you didn't really need to do that. You could have done it differently. You mean that he blows up the embassy instead of just shooting the guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so after the, the like opening action scene after the, the two flashbacks, uh, there's this really amazing parkour scene of him chasing after this dude. And it's, uh, I don't remember the actual guy's name, but he's one of the the creators of parkour. Oh, yeah, I know who you're he's talking one of the about. Two. And chases after him and all this, does all this really cool stuff, jumping off cranes and all that. And it's actually real, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, the stunt double for Bond is the other creator of parkour. He's the main character in District Speed 13. Anyway. Um, but then he gets to a point where he has a gun on the guy, and there's, like, security guards at an embassy. And he, instead of just shooting the guy, he blows up a, a like, a, a propane tank or something. Yeah, that just line. blows up the embassy. And it's like, well, uh, that could have been. That that could have not happened. But, right. yeah. There's a couple choices that... You have a license to kill. You, you could... You could do other things. Mistakes yeah. were made. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Yeah. But, but it, it's a very strong, very, very strong remake. Oh, yeah. everything it, I've heard oh about. Oh, God. It is. To me, the fact that it's a remake 
like I've known it's a remake because I I've seen the original or the the movie the parody and it's not good at all. It is absolutely terrible. Uh, first off, he's Jimmy Bond because <laughs> yeah. Um, this is also not the first time that Bond had a remake. Uh, Thunderball was remade into uh, Never Say Never Again, and there's uh, another train wreck of a movie. Yeah. So, you know. but Casino Royale, the the actual uh, poker game against Le Chief, Yeah. Uh, I wish it was a game like Baccarat or something a little bit more classy than Texas Hold'em poker, but okay. It's easy. They people know how to play it, so yeah. But also that interrogation scene. Oh yeah. Well, there's a scene that <laughs> has some weird stories to it as well. Dude, my nuts are um, watching that. So I went to see. This came out roughly the same time as Borat. Oh, God. Came out this the November two thousand six. And I went with a couple of friends to see a doubleheader of uh, Casino Royale than Borat. Borat's not really a Borat. I just thought that was a funny, like, hey, it came out at the same time. I don't know. Um, anyway, Casino Royale, during the ball torture, ball whipping, we decided to, my friend and I decided to poke another friend, and she just giggled and was laughing through the whole thing, and everyone in the theater was, like, glaring at her. Oh, my hilarious. God, you're mean. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious to us. Yeah, the so. only one I'm familiar with is GoldenEye, but that's... <laughs> I really like GoldenEye. So that was another really, really solid opening. I, I, still, said, I still say it was the best of Brosnan's. Yeah, it's not saying much. No, uh, it's not, but... I enjoyed all of Brosnan's. I enjoyed Dying of the Day for what it was, but GoldenEye was definitely his best. Yeah. All right, that was, that that was yours, was Tom. Tom's number two. What's your number two, Doug? My number two is a 2017 film. Probably the newest on anyone's list. Wow, yeah. I'd a have... remake of a 1990 miniseries. Wait, is this... <laughs> Does this involve more spies? No, more clowns than spies. Oh, that one, okay. Uh, I have Andy Muschietti's It. Not what I was thinking. Based on Stephen King's book of the same name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, this is only half of the movie. The rest of the movie is coming out this year, but I... I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Uh, um, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the original. It is, It has not held up. It's campy. It is very campy. It's not at all scary. Uh, Tim Curry was good, but if you really watch it and watch him, he's in a different movie than the rest of the people in the movie. He can be terrifying. And he just looks at uh, uh, a couple other like his movies, but it's not... In it, he is completely different than anyone else in the in it, and it like everyone else feels like they're in a bad soap opera, and he feels like he's being an evil clown in like a completely different movie, and yeah, that Saturday morning that cartoon. really bothers me. Whereas I think uh, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise in the movie, holy crap. He just knocks it out of the park. Okay, quick question. Phenomenal. I know there's a part where he's basically like dancing the the weird sidekick stuff. Uh, the camera the, looks like it's boat like it's completely in lock with his head, and everything else is kind uh, of shifting. It, is that the movie? Yeah, that's the camera. Terrifying. The camera lines up with his head, and he is uh, 
he's dancing, keeping his head perfectly still. still. That's terrifying. There's digital on that scene, but it's not where you think it is. No, no, it's probably in the he's, background with the fire, right? Yeah. He is not digital in that scene. That's terrifying. And that's that one of those weird things that everyone says horrifying. is digital, and it's no, no, it's not. No. He is actually doing that. That's a, there's a term for it I just can't think of off the top of my head. It looks but, wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's part of that whole, like, pop and lock style of dance. Yeah. That is, that those people who can do that are incredibly skilled. Because that's a whole different style of like training your body to do something. I'm looking at it and it's like your head should be moving. Your head should be moving. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with your head? That, they do stuff like that throughout where they they lock on his head as his body's doing other things, and it's just a super weird, creepy look to it. But it is so cool. Well, the thing is, it's not obvious. It yeah. looks you know something's wrong, and it takes you a couple seconds. The first time I saw that scene, which is like one of the only ones I've seen in it, is like I'm looking at it, it's like something's wrong. What's his head's not moving? Oh no! Yeah, and there are constant times throughout the movie where uh, Bill Skarsgård, who um, can actually like dis not dislocate, but can like separate his eyes in different directions. Pennywise's like eyes will randomly drift one direction while he's like looking at someone else and then snap back and and like <sighs> Bill Skarsgård was phenomenal and he's been in a few other things. He was in Castle Rock on Hulu yeah. and I liked him in that. But he's he is amazing in this film. And I I don't want to take up too much time because I've already talked about it a little bit in both uh you know, in previous or, weeks, and I'll probably mention them next week when we talk about uh, Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. But yeah, I have to hand it to the the Losers Club, the seven of them. Wow, what a cast! Holy crap! Really, like, the kids actually did good. Yeah, the, yeah, that's nice. Much like uh, they remind me of Stranger Things. I yeah. think the the what five kids in Stranger Things, I think yeah. six now with the redheaded girl, it, are great. It, the yeah. They are phenomenal. They play very well off of each other. And Finn Wolfhard, I know, great name, is actually in Stranger Things. He plays uh, Richie Tozier. Yep. Yeah, beep, beep, Richie. Yeah, he plays Richie Tozier in uh, um, It. He was great. I loved all seven of the kids. And seeing the cast, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader as old Richie. Yep. Damn, are they getting some cool great picks for the, yeah, the sequel and I'm super looking forward to it uh, the kids storyline of the book was always my favorite I've read the book uh, I've always liked the kids storyline more than the adult storyline but because yeah, it kind of bugs down a little bit a little bit but I mean it's, well, that's a, it's, King. A, it's an 1100 page book King goes details and some stuff he shouldn't um, I'm currently reading The Outsider hot damn didn't realize it's about doppelgangers until about 100 pages in, and I'm like, oh, well, that's convenient. I'm going to see us in about half an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's your number two? Oh, yeah. It. Uh, Solid pick from my ear. Damn good movie. Uh, I should watch it. A whole that. lot better than it should have been. <laughs> so Considering, yeah. Yeah. It uh, should have just been campy and terrible, but it it is such Well, a you're talking movie. about my movie now, because <laughs> my, yeah. my number two is uh, The Mummy. The Brendan Fraser Mummy. Okay. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. I was I'm just sorry. making sure. I'm sorry. It's just, as much as I like Tom Cruise, he could not yeah, save that movie. I didn't even want to go see it because one, mm. it, it it's like I've got so much fond, mem- so many fond memories of the of the Brendan Fraser one because it was <laughs> it was Indiana Jones set in Egypt. Yeah, yeah, and it worked in the in yeah in the 1920s. It's like uh, 19. The original was 1932 film that most people f- forgotten about. Right. But again, starring Brendan Fraser, uh, Rachel Weiss. Officially, have the oldest original movie. Yep, my earliest is fifty-three. Yay! But it, uh, like I said, Rachel Weiss, Brendan Fraser. Uh, the 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 mummy was played by Arnold uh, Boslo. 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 Yeah, who was amazing. Well, built in the first season of Twenty-Four. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yep. It it it, it is a campy schlocky movie but that's its charm yeah it's like it, it delves into that uh the mysticism and all that sort of stuff with just with, with just fun it wants to have fun in the world and i felt that you got that like it's as it's as real to like uh, egyptology as uh indiana jones is to archaeology but again it's like it's a 1920 schlock film essentially and I think that worked for it. The comedy still holds up. The CG in some areas is eh, not great. Yeah, I can see that. But like the whole in, the, the whole interactions between Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser's character, and uh, Benny are yes. just hilarious. Yes, they are. The last one entertains me the most. They're in they're in the giant. Uh, Pyramid in Hamanaptra, the city of the dead. It's collapsing around them. Uh, O'Connell, uh, Evie, and uh, her brother Jonathan yep. have are, are on the other side of what's a slowly collapsing hallway. And Benny's like just basically just gotten in it. And he's going forward, and Benny has sided with the mummy, with the antagonist, and just has given sh- Rick shit. Throughout the entire film, but he still, but Rick still is just like he's holding his hand underneath it. It's like, come on, come on, you can make it, and he can't. So then uh, he pulls his hand so it doesn't get crushed, and then as as it says, and he's getting up, it's like, bye, Benny. And it's like yep. he tried. I will give him credit. He tried to help someone who he's been kicking him in the dick the entire time. But afterwards, it's like, bye, Benny, <laughs> and they they they. They they uh, jet. The whole movie is just a fun romp. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I I also enjoyed the second one. The second one was also great. The third one can be forgotten about. The third one is forgotten about. Uh, the second has some um, pretty bad issues. Exactly. It does, but I still enjoy it. Yeah, it, it was fun. It's just oof. Uh, that that CG. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a little early for CG, and even if it, even if it's like the first movie to ever have CG, that should never have made it past the Devin. The Devin. Yeah. I know PS One games, early yeah. PS One yeah. games, that have better graphics than what they did to The Rock. Yeah. And then I'll admit I enjoyed Scorpion King, but mostly I just because I think The Rock is fun. He's awesome. And he just. He was having fun. Well, wasn't a great film, but <laughs> no, not at all. But but and the the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor or whatever. Mm. There's so many issues with it. Mummy three. Yetis. 
See, I don't even remember. Like the I said, movie. the first like, one, the, the first Terracotta one was Army a, was cool. The rest was just like, eh. Yeah, the yes. first one was a fun little romp that a, a remake of a movie no one remembered. I've seen the original. And oh, yeah, it's no one saw. remembered. Yeah, it's good. It's just, I mean, it's it's, it's old, old school. It's it was, old. It was it's the one dated. with Boris Karloff, right? Yeah, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the original Boris, Boris Karloff one back in the 30s, 40s. Well, yeah, like I said, it, it's just, I honestly, it's one of those ones that people should watch if they just want to have a good time and not really think too hard on it. Yep. Because that's all it is. They even make fun of the Americans. It's like, uh, Evie and her brother are making fun of Americans, and every time uh, they turn to Rick, who's who's hammering up with a pick, it's like, no offense. And he's like, not taken. Boom. Yep. <laughs> the entire scene, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I, it's an enjoyable movie. That's my number two. All right. So my number one uh, comes from a uh, short film uh, that made its debut in 2013 and then yeah. brought back its cast to uh, uh, star in the full-length feature film that came out the following year, um, directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, and yeah. that's Whiplash. Um, starring Not J. all of its cast. Uh, Not all of its cast, but um, some some of the major players were brought back. Uh, the, like J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons was brought back. Not the the original drummer. Uh, was the, not. Holy crap! I can't think of his name. Um, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, oh gosh. What? Reed Richards. The no, the guy who played Mr. Fantastic and Fan Uh the main drummer. He was recast because the original guy couldn't do a full full length movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but interesting. That guy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah. yeah. Um, like TJ so, Teller? No. Huh? Uh, I was trying uh, to come up with the name. So yeah. Um. So Whiplash is about a young man who uh, is going to school for music, and uh, he ends up getting into a um, jazz ensemble that is like the elite jazz ensemble and the uh, instructor and um, director for that is an incredibly abusive um, director who demands 100% perfection to the point of breaking down the students to either having a nervous breakdown or uh, breaking them down to next to nothing and having them build themselves back up um, and literally wearing themselves out physically, mentally, everything to where all it is is them living and breathing the music. Yeah. Um, to their own detriment. That's why I, I, I could not watch yeah. it. I, would, I will not watch it. Um, believe it or not, it's not as... it sound, The way I described it, it sounds a lot harsher than it actually shows on the screen. Uh, to yeah. an extent. To an extent. <laughs> There's a couple of points where you're sitting there going... That was a bit extreme. Um, I think about the point where uh, Miles Teller punches his fist through his drums. It's kind of like, holy crap. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is good. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, he's in his breaking bleeding point. Yeah, from the hands and he's, he's forcing so hard and so fast. Gets in a car accident and then because he doesn't want to to fail, he still shows up. Yeah. It, it definitely hits that point where it's like, oh my god. Yeah, and uh, again, Holy it's crap. like I, yeah. I can't watch that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it just, I, I, I wouldn't be so uh, 
like gross as to call it torture porn, but you're de- you're watching I someone see where, where some might, but yeah, but it's like you're watching someone just put themselves through the ringer. Yes, for something they love, but in like the worst possible way. Yeah, like it is not a good love. It doesn't yeah. seem like. Well, it's it's they're take the thing that they're so incredibly passionate about is turned against them in the worst possible way. Yeah, there there's a yeah. there's a much better explanation of what I and, what I was trying to say. And it's unfortunate that there's somebody out there that is that manipulative in order to um, hurt somebody in such a way as to take that something that should be so beautiful um, and amazing and incredibly creative. And twist it in some t- into something dark and evil to the point where it's actually discussed where a former student takes their life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, a, it's a look into a, a different type of psyche, and yeah. it's not one that I it personally It is not enjoy. an easy movie to watch, but, no, I, but the music... I'll be honest, I completely forgot about the short film. I've watched the short film. It's on the DVD that I have, and it's good. But holy crap, did Damien Chazelle do a great job with this movie? Yeah. I have heard a lot of good things about it. I will say, and I, I, I honestly, I love Damien Chazelle. I think he's a brilliant director. I loved uh, La La Land. I loved uh, First Man. So yeah. Whiplash, just goddamn, he knocked it out of the park with that movie. So yeah, but that was my number one. So Damn. my number one, uh, well, based on a nineteen fifty three Byron Haskins film. That okay, you've heard of the movie. It's a 2005 Spe- Steven Spielberg film. AI. No. Technically, remake of Pinocchio. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah, you know, you yeah. can make the case. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Kubrick rewrote Pinocchio. Oh, that, that's uh, a I have War of the Worlds, though. Okay. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's one of those that, yeah, it's a remake of the... Remake of the 1953 Byron Haskins film, but it's also based on H.G. Wells' original story and the stereo or the, the radio the play. Radio, yeah, yep. Um, I'm not. It, again, this is one that's it's not good. This shows. I actually think Spielberg's film was pretty well done. It was pretty good. Not perfect. Not remotely perfect. No. Pretty damn good. Kids, the. Uh, Dakota Fanning, oh my god. Dakota Fanning annoyed the hell out of me. I oh will say my, that. She screamed way too much. I think she was good in the film, but she needed to shut up once in a while. She screamed and way just, too much. Justin Chatwin's character, Robbie, should have died. And I agree. Also, too, the visual effects for the aliens were The visual amazing. effects were amazing. The... The opening intersection scene where yes. the tripod came out of the ground and just starts vaporizing. Oh my shit. god! The whole thing yeah. was amazing. I saw this uh, midnight show, and I was just blown away the moment the movie started. Yeah, like it started really quiet and subdued. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I I saw the trailers and all that. I knew what was coming, but then all of a sudden, just everything started like lasering and bursting into the dust and. All this, and it was just holy crap! This is amazing. What, where did this film come from? And I just think Spielberg knocked it out of the park. You know, he had all the the normal stuff that Spielberg always does, the kids in danger and the the stuff with the parents and all that. But I just genuinely loved the movie from start to finish. Uh, there's some stuff here and there. Sure, Dakota Fanning. Kind of was annoying. Very annoying. The screaming. 
Yeah, and it was mostly the screaming. Same reason I don't like Goonies, and same reason I don't like uh, uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, I know what you're talking I'm about. Not, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of of that, but I really did like the movie. Um, no, I I enjoyed parts of it. It's just the fact that like you forget about it. It's it's yeah. It's a decent movie, but it's very easy to just forget about it. Yeah, it's also one that I much like Charlie and Chalk Factory. I actually I absolutely loved the score. Yeah, I can agree. The with open that. opening intersection scene. That's that, um, that's the highlight of the movie. I I would oh honestly yeah. say that I absolutely loved the scene on the boat where they see the the walker under under the water and it comes up behind the boat. Oh. The score in those two scenes are phenomenal. It creates that tension. I also absolutely love the scene um, of Ray, uh, Tom Cruise's character. And Tom Cruise is great in it. Oh, yeah, Tom, he is. Tom Cruise is great. I rarely have a problem with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise is very rarely a problem in any movies. And, but um, the scene where he is driving away from, uh, I think it's Boston, mm-hmm. or wherever they're from, yeah, yeah, New yeah. York, Boston, whatever. Um, and they're driving and the camera kind of swoops into the car or into the van with them. And then, you know, doing all the stuff, trying to contain Dakota Fanning's uh, emotional issues going on. Then the camera kind of pans around the car and then comes in the other window. And that is really well done. Super well done. Very well shot. And just very well choreographed. And, you know, just overall, I think the movie does a damn good job of never telling you anything that the characters don't don't hear yeah you are never given information that they do not have access to which makes the ending come across as one surprise and i'm not going to lie kind of an anticlimax yeah i felt a little bit anticlimactic but they did preface the start of the movie with or like the bacteria in a drop of water so they foreshadowed it they 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 foreshadowed it beautifully actually and yeah, so that's yours. My number one is the Italian job. That's what we, which we canned for my number five. I was trying to figure out what we canned earlier. Okay. Yep. We went from number five to number one, baby. <laughs> Two thousand, yeah, bite me. Two thousand three <laughs> movie directed by F. Gary, F. Gary Gray. <laughs> Say that yep. name five times fast. Uh, <laughs> Again, a lot of a lot of people we've talked about, or at least one of them, Mark Wahlberg. I know yep. he was in Departed. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Charlie uh, Theron, uh, Edward Norton, Jason Statham, Seth Green, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, most Def was was the black guy. <laughs> most definitely. Well, yeah. But <laughs> a remake of the '69 British film. Yep. Sorry. Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine and Steve McQueen. They were just supposed to blow the bloody doors off. (laughs) But that's also why they they had the mini coops in this one. Uh, As opposed to the Beatles in the first. Yeah. But... uh, They had mini coopers in the first. They were just the old... Oh, yeah, that's right. They had the old style. Yeah, the ones that looked more like the Beatle. Yeah. Uh, It's a a fun heist film. It It starts off with the end of a heist and they're they're celebrating about to uh like uh, about to kind of figure out how do we split this and then Ed, edward norton proceeds to be a douche oh, yeah <laughs> for the entire yeah movie. i'll take everybody else's stuff <laughs> how about i fuck up and it's like it's it's so great it it's a rev, it's a it's a it's a heist film 
revenge flick. Yeah, I... It is 100% a revenge flick. It is in my short list right there with Dawn of the Dead. So, yep. <laughs> it, it was very close to my list. Yeah, it, so. it is 100% a revenge heist flick, and it's so beautifully done. Uh, Norton plays a wonderful scumbag. Oh, yeah. In the yeah, best way. <laughs> and uh, you're cheering I'll for... I'll be honest, I'm kind of thinking that might just be him, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like you, like you want uh, Wahlberg, uh, Green. You want them all to to succeed because it's like this this asshole fucks us over, kills kills our leader, and then just says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be me." It's like no 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 no. The ending is one a wonderful resolution because yeah, it's absolutely. not them that gets revenge. It's that Norton screwed up and yeah. is getting comeuppance while still trying to weasel his way out. Yep. And it's beautiful how how it falls down. Yeah. On top of that, one of the other things that I really like too is um, the guys, all of the items that they talk about trying, wanting to get for uh, their piece of the pie, they Pete. get and then they show them enjoying it. And greens is just amazing. Just loudspeakers that blow clothes off. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, and you see that it's amazing. He's like, Here, was he just... the Napster? Yes, yeah, he was. That was this one because I was okay. napping when he took it. Yeah. Yeah. You tell us the story, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. I I genuinely quote that all the time. It's like, yeah, well, I'm the Napster, and then nobody gets the reference. I'm like, well, screw you guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that they have that going on, and while this is all going on, like he's just like, oh, just just stand here. What what? Don't worry about it. You'll love it. <laughs> yes. it's, it's so stupid, but it's it's fun. It's a funny payoff. Yeah. It is. It's it's funny. It's payoff. a very Statham's lighthearted. great. Yeah, and Statham's always great. Yeah, he, he can be he, in the dumbest movies, and he, he's still. Funny. He's kind of like Tom Cruise. It's like I enjoy him. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's Tom he, Cruise, he, Jason Statham, and The Rock are three that are like fun. always solid. They Absolutely, Idris Elba. Yeah, he's all right up there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my number one. It's like, I will go, like that's one of those ones. It's on. It's like all of these actually. It's like if it's on, if it's on, it's like oh cool, that's on, awesome. Why am I gonna change it? This is an awesome film for sure. Um, real quick, uh, I've got two honorable mentions. I have a few honorable mentions. One I want to mention right now is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I can't say it because it was on my thriller list. <laughs> it would be my number one, but sure. I can't say it because it was on my thriller list. I already yeah, went yeah. on that. Right. Go see it. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, second one you want to toss in? Uh, Tom, uh, how about you? Uh, so my two, um, I had I want to put more, but for being for brevity, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm only I only can, kept it down to two. Uh, my first one on the list is uh, the Magnificent Seven, which yeah. came. I chose this 2016 the, remake. The Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, um, yeah, with Denzel Washington and a slew of other people, including yeah. uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's um, right. The uh, which was actually a remake of another Steve McQueen movie, which was um, also a re- remake which, of a Kurosawa film. Yep, which yeah. was a remake of <laughs> yeah. the 1954 Seven Samurai. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, we're getting derivative, right? Yeah. And then uh, the other film that I had um, going off of the idea of a short film remade into a full-length feature film uh, originally came out in 2005, uh, directed by uh, Neil Blomkamp. Is uh, alive in Joburg or Joburg, uh, which was then remade into District Nine, 
in oh. 20, 2009, four years later. I, I love District 9. Yeah, I love I District 9. That, I forgot about the short film. And I was, I was like, I really want to put this in, but um, I, as much as I like the film, I felt that the lightheartedness of like the Italian job um, felt better. It felt better at my number five. Yeah. That would because that's where the District Nine was struggling to fight for. For um, me, that would have been <laughs> levity, rather. That would have been number two, right behind Whiplash. Right. I mean, so. if you'd remembered them, I forgot about the shorts. I, I didn't. I went for movie remakes. I forgot to look at shorts. So. Yeah. yeah. So those are my two. Um, if you, if the, any of you listeners out there haven't seen either of them, I highly, highly suggest uh, seeing. Uh, the remakes and then the originals. Yeah. So. Uh, so one, my, one or two of me. My honorable mentions: uh, Dawn of the Dead, Italian Job, both on here. Uh, the remake of Three Ten to Yuma. Yes. Was uh, on damn my short good. List. Ben Foster was fucking amazing. Hell ben yeah. Foster is. Yeah. The Evil Dead remake. I've mentioned this I think twice yeah. now. At least horror. Uh, just a damn good, damn good remake. Um, definitely not comedy at all, but still good. Uh, I personally like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, it's not great, but it was really well made. Uh, Scrooged is the only version of uh, Christmas Carol that I have any care for. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's on my list. Though yeah. I would I would argue that Muppets Christmas Carol is kind of in the similar range for me. Scrooge Still, I definitely prefer. I like Scrooge. I Scrooge so well done. Bill I Murray. Like Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I like both of them, but there's something about the Marley and Marley song that gets me every time. So I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, Scrooge uh, is amazing. Friday the Thirteenth remake. I mentioned that last week. Uh, also, the movie Chloe, which is okay. Uh, Julianne Moore. I mean. Amanda Seyfried. Yep. I remember that one. Very, just a very well done erotic thriller. Uh, (laughs) That's a one. It's one of those weird, weird, like, levels that, it was very well done. Um, Not for everybody. It's it's, it's a lesbian storyline. A lot of people probably hate it, but I thought it was just really well done. And the two of them are great. So, yeah, yeah. I've so. I've only got and then a, a time jump. Yeah, so. I've yeah. only got two. It's like one's Scrooge, which again, it's yeah. easily the greatest of the, oh, the yeah. Christmas Carol stories, and the other is actually Prince of Egypt. Okay, well, okay. It I also, was, to throw in, I thought the Beauty and the Beast remake was pretty solid. It wasn't um, great, but it was there solid. was a couple of them that I'm saving for the next did, week. The guy who did Gaston was great. Oh yeah, that uh, were remakes yeah, I that I. That if even if they don't make my list, they will end up in my honorable mentions for next week for oh, movies based off books. Yes, mm. because next because coming up all well, the week. Uh, let's jump into that really quick. Coming out next week. Yep. There is what is this? Three movies. There's Shazam. Woo. Okay, the original Captain Marvel. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Pet <laughs> Cemetery. Which I'm looking forward to because I that I looks, that looks love interesting. I'm, that looks interesting as hell. I love Stephen King. I'm not expecting a whole lot that I haven't seen from other movie or other Pet Cemetery versions. Go on. Oh, I'm just saying like that one. I'm prepared to be completely freaked out about. Yeah. So I'll be watching that during the daytime if at all possible. Yeah, that looks interesting. And there's what Best of Enemies. Yeah, yeah, Best of and Enemies. Also, uh, Brie Larson. Made I think Blue Unicorn or something like that. Something like that. That's yeah. her uh, directorial debut. But interesting because of Pet Cemetery. Next week's list. 
It's going to suck. It's going to suck because it's movies based on books. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say suck, novels, not comic books because we've already yeah, done we've that. Yeah, we've already done Novels, maybe short stories. What about light novels? <laughs> yeah, sure. If you want to use that one for this and not sci-fi, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I know where you're going with that. That's the joke. That's in my short list here. My short list is about 50 movies long. I've got about, I know I've Some got about 10. short list. Yeah, well, uh, I've already cut out about 20 from this, and I'm having a hard time. There's a few in here, like Jumanji. Probably got that. There's a, there's, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of movies that have been based on books, because we have no originality. I'm having but, a really hard time cutting it down to my top, because... The top five are going to be immediately eliminated from at least my fantasy, because that's not that's going to be up there, um, or my sci-fi list, or if we ever do a drama, Good or action if we movies. ever do a... Uh, there's, there's a lot yeah. from books that became damn good movies that will be eliminated from other yeah. lists. That's, so there will be a there lot of like, special mentions later. My sci-fi is going to take a huge hit next week. I'm just saying that now. So uh, I am not surprised. Yeah. A couple of my action movies are actually Let's going to. Of my top like ten right now, I think three of them are Philip K. Dick books. Nice. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, well, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Yep. So that's next week. We're going to be doing book adaptations. Um, and then from there, we shall see. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that was the, what, sixth episode of this now? I want to say. I think that's our sixth time. Yep. So, yeah, that's episode six of In the Can Podcast. Uh, My name is Devin, and I'm here with... James. And Tom. And a ringing phone. (laughs) And that's our cue. And that's our cue. We have to get going. Goodbye.